And it's amazing to me, we can actually recreate the same frequencies that are typically seen when we're in meditative states by just passively listening to these different frequencies. Hello, this is Dr. Diva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Welcome to another episode of From Doctor to Patient. Today, I have the pleasure of having a panel of experts, Dante Baker and Monique Durfus. Dante was first exposed to sound healing at a Homa Organic Farm in 2010. The owner used crystal bowls and chanting to support the health of his plants and to facilitate group meditations. He facilitates sound meditation events all over the East Coast in yoga studios, holistic wellness facilities, festivals, and corporate settings. He has a unique style that combines the use of crystal bowls, Tibetan metal bowls, wooden and metal chimes, polyphonic throat singing, He's also a licensed massage therapist and a certified yoga and qigong instructor. Monique is a 300-hour KRI certified instructor and gong practitioner offering both kundalini yoga classes and gong sound meditation to groups and individuals. She studied kundalini under, under students of kundalini master Yogi Bhajan and the gong under Nata Benton, originator and author of Gong Yoga. She also holds a Reiki Level 2 certification and integrates this knowledge into her teaching and sessions. Focusing on the needs of her students and clients, she provides an inviting and supportive atmosphere to her classes and private sessions. Welcome, Monique and Dante. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Great. Thanks so much. Good to be yeah. with you. Yeah, thank you. Today, I really want to focus on taking a deep dive into sound meditation and how it has healing properties for people. Today in our Western society, we have a lot of people who are suffering from mental health problems or just run-of-the-mill anxiety and depression and just types of things that they seek primary doctors for and end up having being placed on multiple medicines that may not necessarily be needed. And it's my feeling that Therapies such as sound healing have a role in which can help these types of people and can avoid the whole dependence on medicines and they're able to ha empower themselves and heal themselves using various modalities like sound healing. So could you guys walk us through as to like how sound meditation and sound healing actually does help with the mental mind and how it works? Sure. I'm happy to jump in and share from the perspective of the gong as a healing instrument, and then would um, love to turn it over um, to Dante, since they're in the same family, but certainly I think very distinct. It's interesting that there hasn't been a ton of research done on the benefits of, gong, um, of the gong, but if you look at the, the family of instruments, what clearly has come through from universities in, uh, in Canada, as well as in the U.S., particularly UC San Diego. And they really kind of come together around four categories. It's clear that physical benefits include relaxation, 
will also bring the mind to a meditative state. So actually changing the frequency of the brain waves. And the part that I find particularly interesting is this idea of bringing the mind to this altered state, which on the one hand allows that relief from, or that, that disconnect a little bit between the brain and the body and really helps us get out of our heads and, um, and seeing how, uh, how successful, I think because of that approach that um, the gong was particularly even starting in the seventies for um, substance abuse programs, because it gives you that out of body experience or that kind of escape that um, the people who are abusing substances say the reason why they do it, but then it, it does it in obviously in a more um, supportive and in a healthier way to one, still give you that escape, but then also to build on that escape by then bringing in the talk therapy and nutrition and so on, on top of it. And just to, to step back in terms of the actual process, the, um, the vibrations of the gong actually stimulate the dermatomes, which are the nerve endings on the skin. So you literally are just laying there, which is, I think, again, the nice part in today's society when everyone's so super busy and not everybody wants to learn to meditate, right? It's like, don't tell me to do another, you know, learn how to do another thing. Could you just please take care of me? Can I sit here or just lay here? And so it's just that wave and wave of vibrations that are stimulating the dermatones and then coming into the central nervous system and then into the vital organs and then bringing that to that relief or really that, that support to the nervous system. It's also working in the ethereal body I don't know if you want to talk about that separately or yeah, go into or... a little bit later. And on that mm -hmm. topic. Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's great. But the science behind it, and you're talking about the dermatomes. And so I take it that the sensory input is where we're able to take in the, the vibrations from the gong. And that's the input that delivers into our central nervous system. And then that gets dispersed throughout all of our body and through our vital organs. Absolutely. And then the other thing is also interesting, I think, when it comes to perception of sound, because the gong is so unique, the closest thing to the sound of the gong are actually church bells. So as you are lying there and getting wave after wave of introduction of new strikes of the gong, it starts to create these very complex envelopes and there's a lot of sound in the air. And because our active minds want to understand things, so we want to label them. You know, and at some point you just, it, it really, it takes you back to memories and so on, because you're trying to understand what it is that that's actually coming in through your ears, even though you do experience most of it through the skin. Right. And I, I want to go into that a little bit later about how it taps mm. into the subconscious, but mm -hmm. I want to give Dante a little bit of time here and chat about how it, the, the Tibetan bowls work and um, from your perspective. Yeah. And so um, I really like, to work with the Tibetan bowls and also the, the crystal bowls. The difference between crystal bowls and metal bowls is the crystal bowls are, are mostly like quartz crystals and containing glass to, to keep it together. And there's different notes to different quartz crystals in the bowl. And so each note, if you think of a sound, it, it moves in a wave. And um, the sound, it can um, really, I would say like, create some like harmony, like when you're hearing different sound frequencies, it's very harmonic to like the, the brain. And so like you're, you're listening to the sounds, it's very harmonic, very melodic. 
And then your brain starts to almost like recalibrate. We we live in a society where there's like cell phones and there's uh, lots of noise, ambulance and things like that. And so that messes up the calibration in our brain. And so hearing things like simple sounds, but um, also at the same time, it's very, um, you hear like the acoustics around the, the room, your brain begins to like, yeah, it begins to relax. The parasympathetic it begins to turn on. Your breathing begins to slow down. You really do get to relax. And um, something that's very cool about the Tibetan bowls is you can like put water in, inside of them. And um, when you ring the, the, how say, the mallet around the bowls, then what happens is when you put water inside, there's something called uh, cymatics. The water will actually change into different geometrical patterns. It's really cool. There's a acoustic physicist called, uh, his name was Hans Jenny, and he basically was studying uh, cymatics. And he used different instruments. Something that's something very easy it, to do is if you put a uh, like sand on a metal plate and you take a violin and you string it, the sand will actually move. And so there's lots of, um, like you can actually see, physically see how vibration begins to move and affect. And since sound has so many frequencies and it's able to modulate according to a specific frequency, my understanding is, is that our chakras are also functioning on a specific frequency. And I sometimes these frequencies that are emitting from the gong and the crystal bowls and the Tibetan metal bowls can emit a frequency to have an impact on a person's chakra that may be closed or, or blocked. Yes, yeah, so, um, the gongs, we actually have two different types of gongs. We've got the symphonic gong, which has a wide range, and you can actually produce those different frequencies playing different parts of the gong for different chakras. And then there are actually different planetary gongs and different planets are aligned with specific frequencies that also align to, to different chakras. So you can definitely be more targeted, which is nice when you're working either with a private client or with a small group that comes together for a particular purpose. And then you can also actually bring in, you know, if we're talking about sound more broadly and thinking about mantra, that sound wave as well. And you can actually combine sound wave of mantra together with, with gong to target a particular chakra or, a, um, or a, a two chakras since they obviously work in, in tandem, like one and seven and two and six. Interesting. And Dante, you have anything to add to that? Um, yeah, with the metal bowls, I have an F note and that will connect to the heart chakra. And so working with private clients, you can either put the F note onto the chest or next to it. I usually have about seven or eight different metal bowls that I work with with a, a particular client. And yeah, you can just arrange them either on the lower part of the body, near the head, and it creates those uh, binaural beats around the head. Yeah. Can you talk about a little bit about the binaural beats and how that works? Yeah. So I would say like, so the binary is just two frequencies coming together. Let's say you have like 100 hertz and 110 you cancel those out, you get 10 hertz. And so your brain also works with frequencies. And so the, I would say starting with like beta, when you're getting like really rambunctious or you're driving in traffic and you're really stressed out, then we get into those like frequencies, those brain frequencies, uh, the beta. 
And then alpha and theta, well, alpha is when you're like focused or you're doing something, you're concentrating, you're in that state, that brainwave. And then once you get into the theta, you're more relaxed. You can be in a meditative state. And also people can sit in meditation and go into that delta state. And so what I use, I use like more deeper sounds. And then I start with that. And that can bring people into that uh, meditative state um, using like deeper sound frequencies. Because they're much slower. Uh, the waves are much slower. And it's amazing to me. We can actually recreate the same frequencies that are typically seen when we're in meditative states by just passively listening to these different frequencies. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, so everyone has a hard time with, oh, I can't meditate because my mind wanders. I, it, it's just too hard. I don't have the time for this. Literally mm -hmm. by putting these type of frequencies, these binaural beats and listening to them, whether it's either through the sound balls or through actual binaural beats, you can get into that meditative state because you're in that frequency that corresponds with the alpha, delta, and theta waves that's been seen to be waves that are seen when you're trying to sleep or in the meditative state, as you were alluding to earlier. That to me is so fascinating because it's, it's like it's, you're meditating and you're really, it's, it's the, the frequencies are forcing you to be in that meditative state. So mm -hmm. you kind of surrender to it. Yeah, that's, um, I, I can't take credit for it, but I did read it somewhere and I always repeat it all the time that um, the gong and I think more broadly to, um, to the broader family of instruments, it's really the smarter, the lazy person's meditation because you get the same benefit, but you just need to lay there. You need to be sit there or sit there and just allow that, that vibration to come into you. Yeah, it's huge. And I think in today's society, more and more people want to be taken care of. Um, and, and sound is just such one of the easiest ways to do that. I will say that um, at least gong and then meditation, if you are open to meditating, even just for three minutes, that the gong will put you in that frame of mind and in that vibratory space that will take your, your meditation to a deeper level. I definitely agree. I, I agree that it's good to do both. When you are like doing sound meditations, I'd say people start coming more and more to like uh, my classes. They start to open themselves uh, up to other mm. variety of uh, different meditations. Oh, yeah. And so mm -hmm. I, I think that's really important because like they, they experience something that they've never experienced before. And they're like, oh, like, what is that? Mm -hmm. And so I think sound healing is a good gateway mm -hmm. and opens people up to other, other forms. Yeah. Sorry, if I could just add to that, even starting a class with a little bit of chanting, even if it's like three long ohms or ohms, people getting in touch with their voice and the power of that internal vibration, again, talking about making things easy, having that recognition of how easily you can take care of yourself simply by, by chanting and just having that awareness. So I completely agree with Dante when you, when you finally have kind of that captive audience, right? You've got that um, a small group. There's those small things that you can introduce to one, to bring in more tools for self-care, um, that greater awareness, and then two, that complementarity to again, produce even better results. Yeah, I, I think it's a great gateway of into the spiritual ethereal realm that's um, mm. that we were kind of talking about previously. But mm. more importantly, you know, before we go on to that topic, it's it's very important to understand for people that it is 
an introduction to a meditative state that allows immediate results. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember doing, I've done both the gong and the, the sound bowls. And I both, I, I literally go in with my mind that is running crazy. And that's how, <laughs> how people are, are wired these days because they're in the main thing. We have to get stuff done. And mm-hmm. we don't have the ability to shut it down to go mm-hmm. into a meditative state. So by achieving or going through a gong meditation or any type of sound meditation, it puts you into that state. So it automatically does it for you. You don't even have to think. You just sit there and lay and relax and just invite and surrender to the beats and the music and the vibrations. And you'll feel infinitely better. The anxiety that you might be experiencing is gone. The constant ruminating that you might be having going on in the mind is is definitely diminished, if not gone altogether. I've often found myself after these sessions where I'm like, I, I'm like, I feel like I just took a nap because I, mm-hmm. how deep I went in and mm-hmm. often thirsty, you know, and I, and I guess that's the result of just having so much energy moving and being transferred back and forth. Is that correct? Yeah. So the, the, the quietness of the mind, um, we call it being in a gong state of consciousness where the mind is, is very quiet. You do feel rested, and most people actually feel that they're more productive afterwards, right? Because you don't have all the, the chatter um, of, the, of the subconscious. In terms of the thirst, I always encourage people to drink water, to drink kombucha afterwards. And I've never read any science. I'd be interesting to, to know if Dante's read anything. Um, because I was always wondering if attributing to the fact that we're 75, 80% water. And if you're moving energy... And you're moving those blockages and people tend to, you know, have to run to the bathroom afterwards. Uh, what the connection is there in terms of thirst or, um, or part of a detox. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that it is a form of detox. I know that any time that you rest and relax, like you, you are healing in a way. Because um, I think most people are turning on that fight or flight mode. And mm-hmm. so like when people are in that state, they're not focused on like thirst or, or using the bathroom or anything like that. They're just focused on go, go, go. And mm-hmm. so I think when people are like really, really relaxed, either using gongs or singing bowls, then the body is like able to like, oh, I can relax now. I can focus okay. on what I need to attend to inside my organs. Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in the categories of oncology, cancer, healing, and medical ebooks, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. We also were able to achieve number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't gotten your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or BooksAMillion.com. Visit from DrToPatient.com to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. You know, another thing that I think I'd like to talk about is how this sound meditation kind of transmutes us into the more ethereal state. You know, whether it's tapping into our subconscious, whether it's tapping into some sort of spirituality that's ingrained in us as a human. Can you talk a little bit more about that? 
I'm happy to at least to start from the science that I've read. The British Academy of Sound Therapy actually did um, some research uh, and it included gongs and bowls, um, both crystal and singing bowls. And it was interesting. Um, they came up and talked about this idea of an altered state therapy. Yeah. Uh, and again, at least for the gong, um, because our active minds are always trying to, to label things, um, as there's more and more sounds and things that you just, you know, they can, depending on the, at least for gongs, depending on the gongs that you're using, I mean, it can literally sound like a recording from the NASA website, right? Because particularly the tuned gongs, let's say if you're tuned to Jupiter, it, it will sound like what has been um, determined um, by the Swiss mathematician um, Cousteau. Uh, who actually figured out the the position and the the rotation of the plant uh, of the of each planet and mathematically came up with the frequency uh, and so it it is um, other lifelike if you will right i mean it does sound it 's not earthly uh, and and that just i think gives the mind that opportunity again to relax and and just expand. Yeah, and I think what you're alluding to is the non-ordinary state of consciousness. And I, and I think that's what we're tapping into when we just mm -hmm. let ourselves go and um, allow our conscious minds to expand. Um, and, and Dante, from, from a um, Tibetan uh, metal bowls and, and crystal bowls, is, is that something that um, can occur with um, uh, the frequencies that are emitted? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say that, um, that with each metal bowl that's connected to a certain... Um, chakra, I would say the the sounds are so um, more in harmony and, and more pure. And so, for example, let's say I'm, I'm playing like an F note, you're just like really feeling love and connection. And so those, when our like minds and bodies are more in, let's say, a jealousy state or a hatred state, you can like you can feel that that's not good for your body. And so, um, so even our thoughts have such a huge effect on our, on our physical body. But when you're listening to um, like these, these sounds that are more balancing, um, then it can definitely take you into a whole nother state of consciousness. Um, I would say like putting different bowls, like, like below the legs, it can help ground people. Um, if they feel like too flighty and things like that. Um, usually like if I have a conversation with a person and then I just like look at them and see what they're like, even sometimes like the movement of their body or like how their body is like positioned, their posture, I can kind of tell like what's going on energetically. And so I'll know like where to move the bowls. Um, because again, everything is frequency. If you think of even like yeah, we just, we know that everything is, is a vibration. And so, um, yeah, these, these bowls are super powerful in, in that way, just helping you realign. Yeah. Can either one of you share any um, transformative stories of people who have undergone the sound baths or sound meditation? You know, like any really stories that come to mind of just immediate transformation of anybody? I've had um, a few people, in general, what, 
what comes up either whether I'm dealing with an individual client or in groups. Um, Cause you know, if you're affecting the heart chakra, because there'll be tears um, there's, there's that rebalancing there. Um, and so I've heard everything from, Oh, I felt that little, you know, that little jolt and there were a few tears and, and I took a breath and then I just had a big smile. To, to other people that um, really had to sit down with, um, uh, with their therapists. Um, and I always say to people, you know, this might just be a nice deep relaxation session for you, but depending on the intention that you set um, and where you're drawing that vibration um, to, you know, this, this, is, this can be a very serious tool. Um, and you can really move energy. So I always encourage people afterwards, whether you have, um, you know, you journal, you have a good friend, you have your therapist, just have them on speed dial so that when things come up for you, instead of doing what we do in this fast paced um, culture that we live in, where you just push things down to, it is an opportunity to let it go. Um, and, uh, yeah, so people have shared stories of working with their therapists and, um, you know, having past life, um, trauma come up for them. Uh, it's, it can go, it's, it really runs the, the gamut has been my experience with God. Um, Dante, any, any cool stories you can share with us? Um, yeah, I think yeah, in group sessions, it's been a wide variety of people saying, how they'll feel the vibration moving through their body. Um, sometimes if I'm just striking or ringing a particular bowl, then some people will feel it on one side or hear it on one side. Um, others, I've definitely had people who are, feel like they're very sensitive, then they may begin to have different visual experiences or they'll see different uh, geometrical patterns. Like I was talking about the whole cymatics sure. um, because again, vibration is what really created our whole like reality. If you think of uh, like patterns of like, um, I would say like turtle shells or, or flowers, um, those are, those were created just through sound. And so like when people like close their eyes and, and they see different spirals. Um, I think they're tapping into, I would say, uh, another sense. We call it like the sixth sense. And um, yeah, they're just sometimes like like high, higher frequency colors, like purple or blue will come up for them. Sometimes lower frequency colors like red or orange will show up in their third eye, like the, the Ashna Chakra. And so, um, I just say like, just sit with that. Um, sometimes like write, I tell people write down their experiences and to reflect on it too. Um, I mean, like, like Monica said, she said that uh, the intention is super important. So, um, you know, when you're, when you're feeling the vibrations, I would say sometimes things begin to like bubble up. Um, mm -hmm. So like, because yeah, everything moves in a wave. So if you have like emotions stuck down, then the ripples, there's going to be more and more ripples to bring whatever is down there up. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and it all surfaces, right? And that's the stuff that might be buried deep in the subconscious that might come up that needs processing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a positive thing. I, I would say it's, it's, it's all good. Whatever the experience is, if it's a just relaxation or a cry or, or a certain memory that comes up, I would, I always tell people to breathe with it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when you're able to really breathe from your diaphragm, then you'll be able to process it. You become more the, the observer and mm-hmm. begin to just observe what's happening. And it, it becomes less of, oh, like this is happening to me, but more of the, the conscious um, observer of, of what's happening, of the experience. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, you can take like that. I was just going to say, you can take that perspective from to any any area of your life like into relationships into friends just be the observer first and then you can begin to engage right and and interesting we were talking previously how sound meditation can be construed as a gateway into other modalities and and this is a perfect segue into some of the modalities that each of you also um, are trained and also offer so uh, Mm -hmm. monique that you're uh um, a Kundalini teacher and mm-hmm. a yoga teacher. Um, and a lot of people are familiar with yoga as mm-hmm. a modality. I mean, we see yoga studios in every corner now. <laughs> but what's specifically unique about Kundalini yoga? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Kundalini yoga is actually what uh, introduced me to Gong. So I'm very grateful to, um, to the science and to Yogi Bhajan who brought the technology to North America um, in 69. So, Simply put, um, I always like to explain Kundalini yoga as the, um, as the yoga of acupuncture, because our focus is on very efficiently moving energy in the body. So it's, um, it's not always necessarily as, um, um, as much of a cardio workout, if you will. I think in our culture, that's what people are starting to think of yoga as. It's like another form of workout, right? Um, but instead, in Kundalini Yoga, we do integrate um, postures that you may do in, in your Hatha or your flow class, but combining it with mantra, so sound current, um, along with um, activating acupressure points through, through your fingertips, also through um, your uh, different eye positions, that um, you can move energy in a very efficient way. They say like one year of yoga is like 20 years of, of Hatha. Um, so depending on what it is that either um, the client or the class, if there's a theme, so you can do everything from, uh, let's say you want to connect more dear, uh, more deeply with source energy, you know, so you can work on the, on the crown chakra, but you can also take care of your adrenal glands um, or you can take care of your kidneys. Uh, so it's um, that very prescriptive, very efficient um, series of exercises mm-hmm. that does normally include gong um, during deep relaxation. And then we always end the class with meditation. So you're moving energy, further moving, moving it with your postures, further moving it with the gong. And then again, making that meditation, I think, more profound and, um, and more therapeutic. And also, I think it's important to point out the differences that for like yoga, there is a specific um, exercise pattern that you follow. Um, mm-hmm. And it may vary from practitioner to practitioner, but for Kundalini, there's hundreds of different Kriyas. Thousands. Right? Yeah. Thousands mm-hmm. of Kriyas. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's endless and it's people are always looking for a challenge. Well, I don't want to do this. I want to try something new. Well, mm-hmm. you know, this Kundalini yoga allows you to do different things and it achieves a different purpose. So it's um, depending on your intention and what you want to work on, it allows you the ability to do so. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and Dante, you know, it's interesting, you know, you also have another modality that you're an instructor for and that's Qigong. 
Qigong is, is been around for thousands of years. And a lot of people are maybe familiar with Tai Chi, but mm-hmm. um, but not familiar with the larger parent umbrella, Qigong. So can you dive into that a little bit and what Qigong is? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Qi means energy. And so we've been talking about energy and vibration. It's all around us. And Gong means the practice of. And so you're, you're practicing or manipulating Qi um, that's all around you and you're moving it inside of your body into your organs. Um, in Chinese medicine, they connect the organs to the five elements. And what you're doing with Qigong is you're either like releasing, there's different movements and practices that release stagnant energy. And so there's the idea that if there's a blockage uh, in your meridians, so the meridians are on the outer layer of your body, um, and also inside and connecting to organs, but if there's a, a blockage there due to either thoughts or food or in the environment or trauma, then that can be stuck and you can call it illness. And so with Qigong, what, what you can do is do different movements that release that, ener- that blockages. So if you think of like uh, a river and there's like a dam like being built, it, it blocks that energy. And so you're just removing the dam, letting the water flow. And um, there's different practices that say in the morning to wake up the body and to um, bring more energy into different places um, that was more asleep. And then there's nighttime Qigong to help relax you. It's more like soothing, more calming. The whole practice is very calming. Um, but yeah, there's, it's, it's a pretty powerful practice. And, you know, way, way back then, um, different practitioners of um, acupuncture, they would teach you Qigong uh, first. They would teach their practitioners Qigong as a preventative medicine and um, you know, teach them how to take herbs and things like that. And then if they really like needed acupuncture, then they would do that. Um, so it's, it's right along, especially with the Tibetan bulls, because you know, the, the Tibetan bulls, it's, a, it's a, again, a focus. You, you focus on this sound, this vibration. And with Qigong, you're focusing on energy, vibration, and you're moving it in your body. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very beautiful practice. And it, I don't know if it's commonplace, but it seems like both of you are using the sound meditation technologies along with the energy movement practices. So, uh, mm-hmm. Monique, yours is, the, yours is with Kundalini Yoga. Commonality with Dante is obviously with the Qigong. So, it's very interesting. So, to me, it seems like they work in unison together. Very much so, yeah. yeah and can be do. done separately and can be done together, done together. for a more profound um, benefit. Yeah. If someone is, to, is curious what is involved in signing up for either a Kundalini class or a Qigong class or sound meditation, well, let's just talk with sound meditation first. Like, what's involved? I mean, do you have to sign up for X number of classes in order to achieve a result? Or do you, can you just take a class here and there and, and expect some benefits? I would say for for Gong, um, the the science that that I've seen the research uh, is that um, individuals did um, weekly or had a session every few days for X number of weeks for the the length of the study, um, and and that was beneficial. I mean, you can certainly be curious and come once and see what it's like. 
Sure. Um, most people have said that in terms of reduction in blood pressure, that it can last a few days, um, other people longer than that. Um, but I think certainly to, to start in, in terms of maintenance, if ideally, if you can join a class, right? So if it's not in your budget to do um, private sessions, but certainly doing something once a week and whether it is gong um, or it, it's a, um, a bowl concert, something like that, um, just to balance out all of the, the sounds and the, the pressures on the nervous system, just given the world that we live in, um, would be hugely beneficial. Thank you. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say that if you think of any practice or anything that you're learning, um, you, you want to do it at least weekly. And you're basically retraining your own brain, um, going back to the science of neuroplasticity. Um, you're rewiring your brain. And if you come to a class like uh, at least twice or three times a week and and also you do like a, a simple meditation practice, either five, 10 minutes, or listening to binaural beats through the headphones to help uh, retrain your brain to get to those uh, different states of, of consciousness, then um, you'll be in really good shape. It's a lot of this stuff is just to allow you to, to handle the world out there. Mm-hmm. And um, without having to rely on a pill. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or chemical substances like drugs or alcohol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I haven't, just like, personally, like I haven't had alcohol in, in years. Um, it's been, yeah, very long since I was like 21. I'm 31 right now. And um, it's because, you know, I've used like different like practices to help me deal with stress, with stressful times. It doesn't mean that I never get mad or I never get sad, but it's like, it's the way that I've been able to handle it. And um, yeah, that's what these really practices are for is it's to help you cope with the stresses in the world. And um, you know, a healthy stress is good. Like it helps you push, helps you grow just like a muscle. Um, But if you're like creating more stress, like the repetition of our thoughts, like over and over, reliving it, reliving it, thinking about it over and over, that's that's the part where we really get unhealthy um and then when you're like putting yourself in a hectic uh, surroundings too um then that creates um disease in 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 in, um in all areas and so yeah doing something that's like weekly a good practice will help you it will strengthen like your what's the word I would say your like resilience. Your yeah, your resilience, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your resilience, your shield. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really beneficial. Yeah, and I think that's just hugely important. And, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with having these podcasts. I want to bring education to different modalities that are, have healing capacities and potentials for, for various people. And a lot of it is just getting the word out and, and the education um, mm-hmm. and with what the two of you bring is just a, a great wealth of knowledge in each respective fields. And the passion that I see that both of you have in your, in, in the fields that you're definitely experts in. And that's, it resonates obviously when we're talking and having this discussion. So thank you for that. Thank really, you. 
as we're winding down here, we're running close to out of being out of time here, but I wanted to, if my listeners are interested in reaching out to either one of you to experience either uh, some sort of sound bath, sound meditation, or Kundalini or Qigong, I'll start with you, Monique. How can um, my listeners or anyone get, in, get a hold of you? Yeah, so the easiest way is give me a call or send me a text. Um, my number is 202-355-8136. And they can obviously, if they want more information, can check out my website, which is soundwellness.biz. And yeah, would love, um, if anyone has a question, you know, anytime anything is new, people feel uncomfortable asking questions. Um, there's no stupid question. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I welcome talking to anyone who, who has an interest um, or is even just curious. Yeah, reach out. Thank you, Monique and Dante. Yeah, so one thing you can do is you can go on my website. It's uh, soundsbydante.com. And I have a category or a tab that says schedule. And so you can see all my classes when I teach, I teach um, at least, you know, five or six classes a week. And you can check out my workshops too. So I, I'll have workshops where I do either a, a simple Hatha yoga and then an hour of sound meditation, or I'll do Qigong and sound meditation. So I'm in the DMV area. So I'll go to different yoga studios and, and offer workshops. Um, and so yeah, that's a, that's a good way and i also want to add just one more thing too of course um when it comes to like how i would say uh universal this practice is like sound healing it's definitely it's not um like tailored to a particular like religion or um like a particular right. dogma or ideology it's super unique um you don't have to like have any you could be you know completely atheist. No affiliation right yeah so because again like sound is it's so universal and mm -hmm. um and so if anyone's like having any questions about that um it's it's very like, diverse and again super universal so um yeah it's, again it's just all about just being open and i think like when i start leading my classes like when i when i do lead i do like a simple guided meditation and um that helps get people into like focusing on their breath focusing on their body relaxing different parts of their of their body um and so yeah it's it's super super simple easy and and available to all people everyone thank you any additional final thoughts uh, monique i would just say you know looking going forward what um what you know, if people, uh, if your listeners, um, anyone working in the field of research where I think there, some work has been done, but where there could be really exciting collaboration is really looking at um, disease-specific treatments. Um, you know, because there's been some work done on identifying frequencies of the cells, let's say for particular types of cancer, but it's very, very nascent. Um, and, and I think there's huge, you know, again, to, you know, to think about, um, wellness beyond just, you know, not popping a pill, what other kinds of traditional medical treatments could we potentially replace, um, with sound therapy? Um, so if there's any interest in, um, that research or maybe people already doing research, 
um, and would be interested, I don't want to speak for Dante, um, you know, but would be interested in bringing in Gong. Um, yeah, please reach out on that level too. Wonderful. I think it's a great idea. And I think there's so much to explore in the years ahead of us in regards to sound meditation and how mm -hmm. it can affect the body in positive ways and heal disease. And I'm looking forward to when that's going to be a prescription from a doctor. Um, and that would be phenomenal if we can see that, in, you know, over the next few years. I know it's going to happen. It's just as mm -hmm. to when that is, I don't know yet. Um, yeah, but I, I would... I would definitely say I, I think that's super important and that there are just a few people who are incorporating that. I know there's uh, Dr. Mitchell Ganyer. Um, he's done, he's written many mm -hmm. different books um, about incorporating sound healing and, and metabols and crystal meditations. I know he mm -hmm. works with uh, different cancer patients. And um, so he's brought that in and there's a couple others. If I, if I think of any, I can definitely send you, um, some links. Yeah, we could add that to the show notes. Um, mm -hmm. um, definitely. Well, um, I want to wrap this up. Um, thank you both for um, taking your time out and being on this podcast with me. And uh, again, a, a warm thank you for the work that you individually both do. And I, I applaud your passion and, and really bringing this uh, type of healing to many people that need it. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. So much. Grateful thank for the you. opportunity. Take care. Yes. Take care.